Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branville, and as always, joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing today, Jay? Great, Michael. How are you, man? Not too bad. It's almost good, good, the good. weekend. Almost the weekend. Almost Friday. Yep. Um, so before we get things kicked off here with this week's guest, I want to just do a little show a little love to our amazing sponsors. Yeah. Thank you, of course, to Bruce and everybody at hypebot.com and bandsintown.com for all you do to support and spread the word and share our message. And, of course, Bandzoogle.com. Thank you for being an amazing sponsor. Bandzoogle's built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, fan club subscriptions that are commission-free, crowdfunding tools that are commission-free, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send their newsletters, of course, social media integrations with all social media networks and live, amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So here's the offer we've uh, we've worked out with Bandzoogle for all of our listeners. Uh, head over to Bandzoogle.com, sign up, try it for 30 days for free, and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, MUSICBIZWEEKLY, and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription. So head over to Banzoogle.com, sign up, promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, and save 15% off your first year of your subscription. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, DiscMakers.com. Thank you so much as well. We know it's a digital world. But there's still an important role for physical media. For today's independent musicians, digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CDs, vinyl, T-shirts at gigs has become an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make that same amount of money. And that's a lot of streams. Uh, yeah, 3,000 is a lot. Can you imagine trying to hit a million? Um, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. And here's the offer we've put together for Music Biz Weekly listeners at Disc Makers. Head over to DiscMakers.com, place a CD order of 100 or more CDs, which isn't a lot when you think about it. No. Put in the promo code FREEBIZ, one word, FREEBIZ. And you'll get free shipping on your CD order of 100 or more CDs up to $150 value. So there you go. Head over to DiscMakers.com, a CD order of 100 or more CDs, promo code FREEBIZ, and you'll get free shipping up to $150. So we've got, uh, we've got an amazing guest joining us this week. Yeah, we do. We've got Michelle Solomon 
from Pandora. Um, she's the head of oldies and jazz and show tunes, but she's also a DJ. She's also curating a lot of 60s grunge rock stuff, and she talks about what you need to know uh, about Pandora. Talks a lot about AMP and Pandora AMP. stories that she's deeply involved with as well and, yeah. and why you should be using it. So yeah. give it a listen. Michelle Solomon from Pandora. Today we welcome Michelle Solomon. She's the head of oldies and jazz and show tunes, programming at Pandora, among many other things. Um, Michelle, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for happening, having me, Mike. <laughs> for the, from the Oats Conference Room in beautiful downtown Oakland, California. <laughs> <clears throat> we we appreciate it. So, you're, look, we could talk to you for hours about music. You know, you and I have had the pleasure of meeting a couple of times and, and talking about music. I love that you're a passionate music freak, and I mean that in the best possible way. Um, I would love to kind of dig in. I mean, you do. I mean, you're still doing the the music blog, right? The Lady Plays the Fuzz, and or are you not doing that anymore? Unfortunately, I, re I retired that back in 2012, I believe. I think that was my last um, post. Um, so I've kind of moved on, at least in my in, in terms of like my my uh, musical taste. But gotcha. I still very much am into 60s garage punk, specifically yeah. kind of Nuggets era type bands, the, the the bands who only cut like one single and then either were drafted or went to college or decided to do something else. I'm, I'm still very passionate about that. It just became a very expensive hobby keeping up with gotcha. punk. I mean, those 45s are worth thousands. Are and you still DJing? I am DJing. I have two residencies a month um and they're all vinyl residencies um i'm very into keeping it as pure and as just the way it was meant to be played as possible yeah. and so my my area of focus now is um soul funk disco boogie from the 60s <laughs> 80s <laughs> so it's a lot of crowd favorites but it's also discovery well you just talked about something you just mentioned this 60s garage rock stuff and it's something we bonded on you know uh, there's so much of this great stuff out there, and, and you put together a great playlist, um, probably more than one, but one that I listen to regularly. Um, talk a little bit about that music and how you how you found that music and how you have a passion for it and what it's all about. Yeah, I um, actually, the funny thing was, is I discovered this music through MySpace of all places. Um, <laughs> out of college, I my first job out of college was a record store, like a lot of music nerds <laughs> did, at least have some experience in. Um, and so I discovered the Nuggets box set at the record store that I worked at, and I did not recognize a single band on that box. But I was so intrigued by everything about it, from just the, the cover art, you know, the swirly psychedelic uh, visuals, and just the fact that I didn't, I didn't recognize a single band on this really kind of piqued my interest. And so I took a chance with my first paycheck and bought this Nuggets box set, and I was, I was just kind of floored at how, how raw the music. Yeah. The music yeah. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't used to hearing something so I want to say imperfect, but that's exactly what a lot of garage punk was. Right, it's not slick production. It's just like what you yeah. would see it. Of it's almost like a live sound. It really is, and I think that's what kind of that's what kind of drew me into it, and I, I became so obsessed with that. Just kind of the 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 vulnerability of it, the rawness. 
fact that they made mistakes and that they were human, <laughs> you know, um, because I grew up listening to Jefferson Airplane, Moby Grape, a lot of what my dad was really into. He, he was a hippie in San Francisco in the 60s. And so we had this amazing collection of vinyl that he thankfully passed on to me. And so I, I was exposed to that at a very young age, thankfully. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So now that you're with Pandora, um, I, I mean, I, first of all, all of the different programming that you do is is amazing. But one of the things that I, I really kind of fell in love with, and I think it's something that you helped create, is the um, Pandora Stories. Yeah. T tell us a little bit about Pandora Stories. Oh, sure. So um, Pandora Stories is part of like our um, our kind of uh, cur uh, external curator uh, program. So um, uh, I also work on the creator services team. And so what we do is um, we, we walk artists, labels, and creatives through all, all types of, uh, of all types through our suite of creator tools that Pandora has to offer, like AMP. We teach them how to use AMP, how to feature tracks, how to create hosted programs, and how to build Pandora Stories, which is a new initiative that we launched last year. Um, I'm sorry. For, for those that don't know AMP, I mean, Michael and I certainly know, you know, Next Big Sound, AMP. Can you, can you just kind of tell our, our listeners who may not know what that is? what that's all about? It's, uh, it stands for Artist Marketing Platform, and it's um, it's offered, uh, it's Pandora, and it's free, which a lot of people don't know about, but it's it's it allows artists to engage with their fans even more, to extend their reach, to use targeted messages, to plan and promote shows and tours. It, it's a pretty cool feature, and uh, that's the one thing I love about going out, especially to like music conferences and talking to independent artists who have released music and don't know how to really connect or engage with their audience. Is is educating them on AMP? That's my favorite yeah. part. Of yeah, it's 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 pretty robust. So anyway, you were talking about Pandora Stories when I cut you off. Yeah. Um, so what it is, is uh, it allows an artist to be a curator for Pandora. It's our external curator program. So we onboard them and they have the ability to create basically a mixtape or a playlist. Um, and they have the ability to also add voice tracks to it. That's a cool part. So it kind of becomes like a DIY podcast or a DIY radio show. And it really kind of gets into the mind of the creative process of the artist. So that's one of my favorite things about Pandora Stories. I yeah. love hearing track by track commentary. I, I love, love it. About an artist's influences, about their stories. And, and it gives them the, the ability to promote their shows, promote a new album. If it's a label um, that we've onboarded, it gives them the opportunity to, to showcase their discography and what they've done. Yeah. Is, is stories, um, available free for any artist or is there a it like is. An application that you have to get approved yeah no it's available free for any artist any music creator any journalist any author uh, anyone who has a story to tell um we have a, a place where you can sign up and is the sign up is through amp it is through amp okay correct. <clears throat> yeah i mean for example you're kind of garage rock kind of I almost see it as almost like a radio show because I love the narrative I love the track by track interview and nobody really does that except for Pandora and I you know I've created some of these and I think it's so fascinating to hear people you know talk about their take on what is this 
release mean to them? How did this song come about? And and putting that aside, that's on the artist level, looking like at what you've done. And like I would love to see Michael take, for example, his favorite rock songs that are underappreciated or his favorite Kiss songs and go through and go, yeah, you know, you may not have heard this song because it was a, a deep album track in an off year or something, but this is very important. Those are the things that I think are so compelling about stories. Definitely. Michael, I think you need to be a curator for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm open. Start building stories. <laughs> yeah, because it's th- that's where... I think it kind of sets you apart from everybody else. But but the thing about Pandora is that it oftentimes gets left out of conversations and it shouldn't. And I'm I'm a big cheerleader, you know that. There's you know the last numbers I saw at the end of last year there were 63.5 million users and about 6.2 million paid. That's a huge amount of engaged music fans. Right. Oh, yeah. So part of your job is basically besides kind of programming these certain genres, but to but it's to engage listeners, correct? Absolutely. And I think that's why I'm, I'm, again, very passionate about about it. it, it, That's why I'm, I'm, I'm here. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm at Pandora. I've been at Pandora for 14 years. Wow. Fourteenth anniversary. I'm I'm here for the music. I'm a huge proponent of the music. I'm here for the artists. I'm specifically independent artists. But as someone who specializes in in jazz and oldies and show tunes, I'm I'm here for the underrepresented genres too. And I think those are just as important as pop, as hip hop, as country. Um, and I, I really um, I I, I want to continue to be the best, and I want Pandora to continue to be the best platform to access all that music. Um, A lot of my taste in jazz ranges from like from yesteryear, so a lot of 40s swing, 50s cool jazz and bop to 60s modal, and a lot of people who listen to that type of music are purists. And so when I'm building a playlist, I wanna make sure they have the best experience possible. I wanna make sure they see the original album <laughs> that track came from. Yeah. So, M- Michelle, Jay and I have always commented that in this cluttered streaming world that's out there with so many different players out there, um, it's not the music that matters anymore, meaning everybody's basically got the same catalog. You've got the same access to music, whether you're on Pandora, Deezer, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Tidal. You just run down the list. And and we feel like that what, what's got to happen here is the players have to differentiate themselves on something other than we've got Selection. music. We've got music because it's, I'm sorry, everybody's got the music. And it sounds like, you know, stories is one of those things. But I would like to ask you, if you were talking to a listener, and, and, and let me let me preface this, what, what brought this on is, so yesterday I was um, doing a, uh, I was teaching a class at, at Minnesota State University via Skype, and the students are starting to do an informal survey of their friends and colleagues and stuff like that. And one of the things they started finding out is in the world of college students, they don't subscribe to everybody. They can't because they don't, they don't have the money to subscribe to four different services. 
they pick one service and that's it. So if you're talking to that college student, what differentiates Pandora from the rest of the pack? What are the great features, not counting music, that make Pandora the choice you should pick? Oh, that's a, that's a good <laughs> question. I think, I think the, discover, the, 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 the discovery factor, I think, sets us apart from other DSPs. Um, I certainly have discovered many great artists and songs on Pandora when I was a free uh, subscriber. Um, I, I really think, I think the discovery part is what sets us apart from, from, from the rest. Um, I would also add that the data that you can get as an artist is pretty deep. It's pretty profound in the way that you can kind of see how you're performing next to others. And, you know, the, the backend data that you get is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, we now have credits too. So if, um, if you're listening to a song, you have the ability to see basically who was involved in the creating of that song from producers to, to players, uh, to artists. That's huge. Um, where, where, yeah. where, are you, where are you pulling that data from or does the artist have to enter it? That's a good question. I don't know where we pull that data from. That's a question for someone else, unfortunately. Yeah, but that's really important, and it's a big deal right now. Everybody that I speak to, um, it's uh, it's it's top of mind. Um, I just had uh, a meeting with Maureen Droney from uh, the Recording Academy, and you know we had a long conversation about sidemen and metadata, and you know people getting credit, and you know. One of your competitors recently launched in beta uh, a songwriter, you know, page. And I think things like that is a step in the right direction. But I want to be able to go, you know what, I love Mike Clink. He worked with Guns N' Roses and Fuzzbubble or whoever. I want to search on him and be able to see all the things that he's engineered or produced. And I think eventually, you know, we need to get to that point. And I know with Pandora, you're, you're ahead of most as far as having that metadata. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's super important to kind of give credit where the credit is is due, um, and to also kind of educate yourself too in the process too, knowing what went involved into the the making of this great jazz song. Let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Michelle, we're on a podcast today, and it, it may come as news to a lot of people, but Pandora is in the podcast space. It is. Yes, uh, a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you've got you've got basically the twelve thousand pound gorilla of podcasting, Apple iTunes, which everybody thinks that's it. And and it's funny because I'm in many, I've been podcasting since twenty eleven, and I'm in many podcasts. They had computers groups. back then, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Um, and you know the 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 quote the newbie podcasters are like, all right, where do I go to distribute? Is it just iTunes? And I'm like, no, no, the world is a lot bigger than iTunes. And, and I can tell people from my own experience, um, I get significant view, I get significant plays off of something as simple as YouTube. Just put your show up on YouTube and you get just as many as you would on iTunes. Um, obviously, Spotify is making a huge play into the podcasting space. Um, what, what's Pandora's plans for podcasting? 
Um, I wish I knew. I'm unfortunately not on that team. Um, uh, podcasts are still very new at Pandora. I think they launched not even a year ago. Right. Um, but I think um, ever since we've launched, our, our catalog of podcasts has increased over five times now. Um, and it, it, it's, I think, over like 600,000 episodes. At least that's what I last um, read um, across a, a broad range of genres. Do you um, have one? Do you have your own? I don't. You should. You should, I, right? I would love to hear you talking about like 60s garage rock stuff. I, I work with a lot of music nerds, and I think it would be awesome to just record our conversation. Yeah. Nerd out so much. You know, on that's, exactly. That's, that would be compelling to me because that's how Michael and I started this is we would just have conversations over the phone and geek out about music and technology. And then one day he said, hey, you should come on my podcast and – you know, we've now 500 shows later, you know, but I think with you, I would love to hear that conversation with other passionate music people like, oh, my God, did you hear this one hit wonder thing? And, you know, this guy played in this band and that kind of stuff is so compelling. And you don't get that from a playlist. You know what I mean? That's why I like Pandora stories. That's why I like podcasts is you get that almost that DJ thing that I grew up with, you know. Definitely. It's a human thing, too. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're right there in the conversation. You're right there in the room with them. Exactly. I mean, you know, I've, I've always said that, that radio can't compete with the streaming services when it comes to music because the Pandoras of the world and everybody will always give me exactly the music I like. That's a given. The technology is yeah. there. But what radio has is personality, stories, a connection with a real person. Sadly, yeah. they're firing a lot of those people, and it's going away. And and Jay and I just had um, Zach Zalen on from Super Hi-Fi was it last week, you know, talking about how they're tr they're creating a service to bring that personality through AI into streaming, you know. Yeah. So you'll have breaks where an an AI voice comes in and says something and talks about something. And, Maybe and, interjects the yeah, news or whatever. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, you know, piggybacking on what you're doing with stories, podcasts are stories. They've always been stories. It's nothing but stories. It's a five-minute story. It's a two-hour story. And I feel like there's an opportunity for some player like Pandora to sit here and go, okay, we've got this vast catalog of podcasts. We've got this vast catalog of music. How do we merge the two together so that when you're listening to, you know, when you're listening to KISS, it'll give you a break and say, hey, why don't you listen to this KISS podcast for the next 30 minutes and then come back to music? Be yeah, yeah. Because I can tell you as a podcaster, I tell everybody, never, just flat out, don't put music in your podcast. Just don't, don't go down that road. It's a licensing nightmare, absolute licensing nightmare. So, you know, people roll their eyes and go, how do you talk about a band for two hours and not play any music? I go, yeah, you know, it's challenging. But that's <laughs> something where you guys have the rights to play the music and you have the podcast and you could almost like seamlessly mesh them together. And now all of a sudden you've got this great audio commentary to go along with what somebody's listening to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that sounds cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. And I, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, um, for now, um, stories is 
mainly use uh, as like uh, a social kind of networking thing. So the only way people have access to stories is if the artists share them. So they share them on their Facebooks, they share them on their Twitters, their Instagrams. Um, really, you know, I, I think uh, when you think about like AMP, um, it's, it's basically like a Facebook page. It's the artists have full control over it. So, and they should be using it. And that's why, that's why I'm here to tell, tell artists like, Hey, you, you can, you can do so much with this and you have the ability to reach a, a lot of fans. It, if you, if you use the tools and, and you share, you share it out to your fans. Yeah. You tell fans like, Hey, I made this story. I'm talking about our new record. I'm talking about, uh, you know, our history as a band or us on the road tune into Pandora and listen to this. And the good thing about stories is anyone can listen, even a free user. They just need to watch a, a short ad and then they have access to the full yeah. story. Do, yeah. do, do you guys review and approve stories for content and, and quality? Is that important? We do, yeah. And we, we have we have all that written down in our FAQs. We have rules, we have, we have guidelines. Uh, you certainly cannot um, have any music playing while you're recording a voice track. Um, we, we review that. We review it for content, too. We, we luckily haven't really pulled that many. Um, people have been following the rules, which is good. Um, but we certainly don't allow um, artists to link out to uh, other DSP. Right, so right. You sent me all those guidelines and, and they were so easy to follow. It's basically you want good quality audio, you know, you want it to be clear, you want it to be compelling. It, it They're super easy to follow. It's not like a laundry list of, you know, terms and services or, or whatever. So I wanted to ask you, and, and this may be a little bit out of your wheelhouse, but as a lot of people know, you know, Sirius XM you know, acquired uh, Pandora, and you were around before that. You've been around after it. Is it affecting the way you do your job? Has it changed anything? Not at all, thankfully. Um, we're still kind of working separate from from SiriusXM at the moment. I know as a, as a company, we're working to, to integrate more into um, their applications, but um, my role has certainly not touched uh, Sirius XM. Yes, I do communicate with uh, the head of programming um, for for Jazz at Sirius, but otherwise, oh, that's cool. I'm still working on behalf of Pandora. What 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 sort of integration would you see between Pandora and Sirius XM? I mean, because as a listener, you could sit back and go, "Well, aren't they actually competitors? They're." They're going after a listener. Mm -hmm. Listen to listen to jazz on Sirius XM. Don't go to a DSP and listen to it. And and you guys are like, come to Pandora to listen to it. So how right. how do you see an integration playing out? Yeah, so we see an integration as like you're listening to jazz on Sirius XM. Let's say you're listening to the real jazz station on Sirius XM via their app. A lot of people don't know that they have a mobile app as well. Right, right. Um, although though the, most of their listeners are in the car course. Um, but if you're on the SiriusXM app and you're listening to real jazz in real time, you'll have the ability to create a, a artist station or a song station. I think that's, that's, that's super cool for integration there. Yeah. Okay. Now they have a, is, is it little Steven's show? What's don't they have like a garage rock kind of show? Little Steven's underground garage, which I, Oh my God. I bought that whole CD set that he 
put out and there's so many great gems in there but i i mean that's something that can tie into kind of what you're doing too right i mean they're playing some of the stuff that you're talking about Absolutely. And little Steven's now a coworker of mine. So it makes sense <laughs> to be working together, right? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's an amazing show. I mean, there's a lot of genres and you working with oldies, for example, it's not what people think. It's not, you know, splish splash. I was taking a bath. I mean, oldies is like Van Halen. I mean, I was going to say oldies is, is the 1980s now. Yeah. Keep, yeah. What keep, is oldies? Keep, keep, keep that in mind. The 80s are 40 years ago, so that's an oldies <laughs> station now. So tell us, Michelle, what what are like if you're programming oldies, what's kind? What what are some of the oldies things? It, is it? Oh, so the oldies is still it's still doo-wop. It's it's rockabilly from the so Chuck Berry and the Beatles or whatever. It's Motown. Like that's that's my bread and butter right there. I, I as much as I love the 80s, it's not flock seagulls. Still focused on what. Most people define the oldies as like the old. That's 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 like doo-wop and and uh, like sixties rock mostly. Yeah, because yeah, you could break oh, oldies oh, oh. up by decade. You could do it by genre, mood. There's so many ways you can go. One thing I noticed, I looked at your LinkedIn, and one thing I noticed that I didn't know because you and I have talked about oldies. We've talked about jazz. We've talked about like sixties kind of garage rock stuff. But it mentioned show tunes. Are you still doing like show tunes? Oh, you know it. Um, so maybe <laughs> a little, a little tidbit about me is I, um, I was a former theater nerd. Oh, um, boy. I pretty much was involved in theater from 12 to 22. Um, in high school, I performed in musicals. I danced and I sang in musicals. I did an opera at SF state while I was a student, while I was a theater student. Is there, there any and embarrassing I- videos of you I could find on YouTube? God, no. <laughs> when I was around <laughs> doing theater, thank goodness. But I'm sure there's some Polaroids somewhere at my uh, at my parents' house. Polaroids, there you go. So I ha- my background in theater is very rich. I can probably still recite Les Misérables from beginning to end after a couple wow. of, of wine. Um, I still have <laughs> CDs. Um, I'm still very much a theater nerd. I just won't admit it to the cool kids or when gotcha. I'm teaching. Yeah. Uh, it's still cool. It's you still know, cool. I think yeah. you know, I mean Hamilton kind of made some of these things cool again. It's oh, yeah. it's super mainstream, you know, a lot of this stuff. And a lot of people don't understand that some of the popular music, even some of the stuff the Beatles used to play, was based on show tunes. Absolutely. You know, yeah. It's, it's, it's all it's all intertwined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Let, let me let me ask you this. I mean, you, you've got a a pretty cool job for someone who's passionate about music. And I'm sure, you know, just from our conversations, it sounds like you look forward to going to work every day. You know, what's a, what's a day look like for you? What, what are you doing when you get in and roll up your sleeves? What's a day, a day in the life of Michelle at, at Pandora? Oh yeah. Um, so I generally will have maybe four cups of coffee. As soon as I come in, I'm always, Oh my God. I'm one of the early, early people just because I choose to to start my day early and end early so I can I can do other things like work out or or get some get some air life. So yeah. I mean most of my team doesn't roll in until about ten AM. So I have okay. I have two solid hours of just peace and quiet. I can do whatever I want. I'm usually returning emails and a lot of that is communication with um 
with artists and labels. I, I maintain very strong relationships with um, major labels like UMG and Warner. Um, we do monthly check-ins with them. They, they kind of, I guess they really appreciate that there's someone there representing jazz and, and oldies and show tunes and, and other genres like, like classical. Um, so we, we like having that monthly one-on-one -on -one time to, to go over uh, their priorities. And while yeah. we tell them, Hey, like this, this might be a good place to program this here. Um, so, uh, we have, I have a lot of conversations with labels, um, uh, back and forth with them. Um, I also do a, a, a lot of programming as well. So that's building and maintaining Pandora's suite of genre stations and playlists. Wow. Um, every week I'm updating a new jazz. Now I just launched new smooth jazz now because smooth jazz is incredibly important. It has it's a huge, audience. it has its own billboard chart. It's, it's, it's huge. It has its own station on Sirius. Um, I think it, it really deserved it, its own its own um, its own playlist, and so I'm I'm making sure that that's refreshed on a weekly basis. Um, I'm also looking at our current genre stations, making sure they're performing to theme, so that's weeding out um, songs that don't make sense. I also look at weeding out re-recordings too, because that's that tends to happen a lot as well. Um, Artists of yesteryear go back into the studio in the 80s and re-record all their hits, and that gets recorded and, and released. And so I'm making sure as, you know, it's, it's, it's good if you want to hear it, but you probably don't want to hear it on a 60s station. Gotcha. <laughs> you want to hear the original recording. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm listening for that and making sure that our, our, our stations are consistent. Yeah. And then um, I'm also, part of my day is also dedicated to outreach. Um, again, informing creators that uh you know we're here for them we have these tools that they should be using um we have stories that they should be creating i'm a huge yeah. advocate for that as well yeah. yeah that's 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 super exciting and that's that's a busy day but you know it goes back to if you love what you do you never have to work a day in your life i, I wanted to ask you about if you were to meet an artist or an artist manager and, you know, what would you tell them? Like, how, how could they best partner with Pandora? How can they find and use the tools that you're providing? Yeah, I think, um, I think just knowing that there's someone there for them, uh, I think that's what was missing um, for a long time at Pandora is that there wasn't really a human <laughs> interaction between um, the, the tools and... Um, the, the ecosystem. Um, so now that we have a team specifically built for that reason, um, I think the most important thing is having that relationship, keeping that relationship strong, nurturing those relationships, uh, checking in with them on a, on a regular basis. Um, I, I, I'm a, I, I love doing that. I love, I love talking to labels. I've also started going and attending music conferences. So knowing that, you know, Pan, I want to represent Pandora out in, into the world, knowing that there's oh, a human, great. yeah, whose humans are involved in this and humans care. And we're also creators ourselves. We're musicians, we're DJs, yeah. um, speak the language of artists and labels too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what really, you just hit something on the head that, that, 
personal interaction. You know, I had I had had some things on Pandora and used some of the tools and knew some of the capabilities, but it wasn't until you and I kind of talked in person where I really kind of got it and really kind of got behind, for example, stories. Are you going to go to uh, the Music Biz Association and uh, conference in Nashville in May? I'm going to try my hardest. So I'm uh, South by Southwest is a is a shoe in for me, which I'm yep. so excited about. That's it's coming up. My first yeah. time. I cannot wait. I'm I I signed up for a mentor session, and then awesome. I'm going to be working um, the artist gift lounge uh, representing Pandora. So being available to artists and educating them on the tool. So doing it kind of on the spot in action, Fantastic. which is what I love. I, I did that at the the DI uh, the CD Baby DIY conference last year in Austin, and that was a huge success. We had a we got a lot of great feedback. Everyone was so happy that we were there. So I'm continuing to to um, to put ourselves out there as much as possible. So yes, Music Biz would be great. Uh, the DIY conference would be great, and yeah, just continuing to map out music conferences and making sure we're we're represented. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, that 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 is fantastic, Michelle. So, is there a place where people can can reach you? Whether it's you know via socials. I mean, are you out there? Can people kind of reach out and and you know get a hold of you or ask questions or follow you? Sure. Yeah. Um, so let's see. They can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Michelle Solomon. Um, but also I'm on Instagram. My handle is DJ Mexican Spitfire. That's my DJ name. Um, I mostly post uh, gig flyers, uh, photos of my cat and um, adventures. Uh, I love taking road trips with my boyfriend. We love exploring California. So there's a lot of that in the way, but a lot of it is music focused as well. So like if I, if I do launch a, a new, a new program, I'll probably announce it on my Instagram as well. Um, but uh, if, if people have questions, they can reach me at um, amp-support at pandora.com. Great. And if somebody wants to learn more about um, Pandora AMP, where, where should they go? Sure. We have uh, something called the AMP Playbook. So if you just do a search for that, that should be the first thing that comes up. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Michelle, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It, it, you know, I, I get more excited about music, especially some of that 60s garage stuff every time, you know, I talk to you. Uh, uh, I wish you nothing but continued uh, success. And thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so thank, much, Thank Jay. you, Michelle. Thank you so much, Michael. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for you having bet. me. It was a Take care. Right, dear. We'll talk soon. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Great conversation with Michelle. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was part of the team that built Pandora's curation department. She's been there 14 years, so she's a got a lot time. of... Uh, That's a long time in the digital DSP space, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I definitely encourage everybody... Go, go use AMP. Go sign up. Check it get out. over there. You yep. know, it, er, everybody talks about Spotify for artists and Apple Music for artists, but guess what? Pandora's got their own portal as well that you need they to be They were there first. At. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, definitely check it out and, you know, do, do a little search on, on Pandora for Michelle Solomon. She's got some really great, uh, stations and playlists and things that are fantastic. Even some that she does the audio kind of narration to. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. So just a, a quick shout out to our amazing sponsors. Thank you to Hypebot, Banzoogle, Bands in Town, and Disc Makers for everything Disc you guys makers. do to support us and and <laughs> promote the Music Biz Weekly podcast. We appreciate it. Um, of course, if you're listening to us on Spotify, <laughs> hit that follow button. Hopefully we'll be Hopefully on, we'll uh, be on Pandora really soon, and Come then on, we can guys. plug Pandora. Yeah. Um, but hit the follow button on Spotify. Head over to iTunes if that's where you listen and leave us a review and a rating. And, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that little red subscribe button. Wouldn't it be great if there was just one button that did all of Everything. that? Yeah. Regardless of what – almost like a yes. smart URL. Like a smart URL. I was just thinking that. But from that. the other yeah. side of things. Mm-hmm. Somebody, whoever's listening, you engineers – Figure that thing out. Figure that thing out so I don't have to plug six different things. I can just say click the follow button, and if you're doing it on Spotify, it takes care of it on Spotify. If you're on YouTube, it subscribes you. If you're on iTunes, it takes you to reviews and ratings. There you go. Free idea. Somebody run with it. (laughs) Free idea. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Good one. Um, All right, everybody. That's it. Uh, let me look at the schedule. Who do we 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 do? We've got guests we've for got a guests while. For like into all of February, some March, into April, into April. So we're we're we've got some very cool people lined up here. Yeah. As well. Check back. Check back. So there you go. Music Biz Weekly podcast. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>